This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. back with episode 76 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Conner Jr. With me as always is Dallas Gridley. And this time around, we are not watching a weekly pay-per-view of NWA TNA. And by God, thank God, we are not watching a bonus episode of a WWA show. Oh, he said it on the show. We are not. Instead, we are doing, just like we did last year, Year in review for 2003 NWA TNA. And if you think for one single second that I will remember every bit of information, by God, you are in cult. Right. I was actually just going to say that as well. Like, for warning, we we aren't going to cover everything. It is literally impossible. We couldn't even do a half year at a time, I don't think. So much went down. But we are going to do our best to tell you guys our, you know, some of our favorite moments, some of our least favorite, and uh, some other fun stuff as we kind of discuss. Essentially, you know, think about it like a PWI awards. That's kind of what we're doing here on this year in review. And um, if you didn't listen to last year's, it was a lot of fun. Me and Bob just we just sat here, we had a conversation, and that is the plan this year as well. Why Why did you say, oh, I said it on the show, WWA? Well, last, you know, last week's bonus episode that we did, I, I, I said I, I really don't want to talk. I'm hoping we don't have to talk about WWA. So as soon as you said the name, I got triggered from watching The Reckoning. And I just don't want to – I don't want to hear WWA anymore. So, um, here's, so here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, it was here's my idea. It's Dale's idea. It's his fault. I want everybody to go to their podcast catcher feed, wherever you're listening to this, and I want you to see the total runtime of this episode. It's probably going to be about an hour 45 to watch. Okay, have you done that yet? Cool. Now, I want you to go to the WWA show that we just did last, quote-unquote, last week. It's going to be about like two hours and probably 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And you're going to hear on that show that I will say, hey, I'm fucking tired as shit. Right. Like the show sucks. Blah blah blah. All these things. Yeah. Great. Now I want you to do the math. The the, uh, the time of that show, WWA, in the time of this show, we've recorded it in the same day. <laughs> so you can just feel the frustration. Well, Bob's giving away all the secrets. So Bob's giving so away the fuck secrets. Fuck my life. Fuck my life. Okay, I wasn't gonna say that, but yeah, we literally just stopped recording the WWE episode about ten minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we just watched it. Um, yeah, okay, so that did happen, uh, but there's a reason for that, and it's because this episode is dropping on New Year's Eve on December thirty first, and you know, me and Bob wanted to enjoy enjoy some time for ourselves, but we wanted to make sure that we gave you guys an episode, of course, um, even though you might have better things to do. 
Um, maybe not the morning of, though. So you might uh, enjoy us while you're working. Some people uh, do have to work Christmas Eve. Bob probably will be working, or uh, New Year's Eve. Bob probably will be working. If I had to what, take a guess. What day of the week is New Year's Eve on? Uh, it's on a Friday uh, in here in 2021. I have Fridays off. Okay, Bob is off on a New Year's Eve this year. Hey, baby. So he has no excuse not to come to my party. Oh, I got to uh, work the next day. He has no excuse not to come to my party. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Bob, it's been quite the year. It's been a very, very crazy, intense year of TNA wrestling. I mean, 2002 was wild. It was the wild, wild west. Things were happening every single week. People were coming in. People were leaving. Storylines were changing on the weekly. Uh, and that continued in 2003. I was just going to say, you. we kind of thought maybe 2003 there'd be, like, consistency and logic. Well? Not a lot of it. Not a lot. I mean, there was some progression like some level of consistency like some level of hey the storyline will actually develop and continue but for the most part right it was like let's throw it against the wall and literally let's see what sticks yeah and some things did and some things didn't and you know that all being said though i do feel like there was a period of time that they really were hitting their stride i mean we i think we got nearly Ten thumbs-up shows between you and I in a row between pay-per-views 55 and pay-per-view 63. That's crazy. I mean, it really felt like we were in an upswing. Uh, whereas, like, in 2002, there was a lot of thumbs-down shows, man. We, we gave them a lot of thumbs-down uh, action there. But that's because it was a new company. And, I mean, it's still new. I mean, we're barely around at this point still. But a lot has gone down. You're absolutely right. So, uh, so I mean, I guess I don't know uh, what else to say besides, I mean, we can start diving into some stuff here. I do have, not really observer notes, but the I, I realized last year when we did this, our first show in January, I realized, oh, shit, they do the newsletter, like Observer Awards. So I'm bringing that kind of into this episode this year. And kind of going to, I can bring up the TNA stuff. If Bob, if you think we should talk about that first before we get into what our thoughts were, we can just knock that, get it out of the way, or we can save it for kind of toward the end. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I say that we do ours first, and then I, we say what they did. I was kind of thinking that as well. So, you know, why don't we uh, go through it? Let's go through our thoughts and stuff. Then we'll kind of... I mean, they're not going to be exact with the Observer, but we'll kind of go through theirs, and then we'll talk about um, some fun statistics. Like, I don't know, how many people made their debut in 2003 in TNA? I don't know. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, Dallas did the proper research and actually compiled the list. Full of names. I tried my best, man, and I guarantee you I missed someone, but hold tight. We'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe maybe I'll even point it out if you if I like realize it, right? I hope I didn't forget anyone obvious, but I've I've uh, surprised myself before. Watch you forget to include Sting, Raven, Raven, right? Um, so 
in our list here, I sent Bob the same list, so if they're not in order, it's Bob's fault. My first one I got is the most shocking moment that went down. I I have a couple that came to mind when I um, was thinking this, and actually I feel like there's even more. So I'm curious what Bob, what your thoughts are on this one, because I definitely think forgetting some. But let me let me tell you some of my thoughts, and uh, you know you can react and you can give me give me what you think. We can kind of go like that. So for uh, now, this one's kind of funny, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh, but. One of the first ones that came to my mind, probably because it was, uh, you know, two weeks ago on the last pay-per-view, was the gathering finally turning on Raven. I don't know, I know, I don't know if I would say that's a shot for me, a shot, well, because you could tell that was going to happen. Well, yeah, so that's the thing. It's like, you, you, we kind of knew it was going to happen. And we're reading the dirt sheets. We knew it was going to happen. But I think it was still a fairly big moment. They've been with him for almost the entire i mean a really good chunk of 2003 so it was at least a big moment that finally happened i think uh but i i agree i i was like eh. it was like one of the first things that came to my mind because we just saw it happen it was just like that kimberly page turn in 2000 that no one you just didn't you just didn't see it coming literally text bob oh my god dude kimberly page fucking turn on ddp what the hell there will never be a bigger pop in my own room as I'm watching this alone, sitting in a chair in like the dark. Like, oh my god, Kimberly Page. Uh, so that was the Mind first. you at like eight thirty at night. It probably, yeah, it was some <laughs> random ass time, right? <laughs> uh, my next one is kind of like a, a tour, right? So I have the debut of Vampiro. I but, knew, I knew you were gonna say that. But in turn with that is uh, because Raven loses his hair on September 17th, or pay-per-views number 62. I think that's a pretty big moment, that Raven getting shaved. I don't think the story leading up to it was, like, super great, because they were like, we're just going to take take your uh, your image. We're taking your hair. And it was like, okay. But I don't, not that, I don't, do I think Raven's known for his hair? Not really. But, it, I mean, it was a big part of his look, and, like, I really liked his look for a while, and then they fucking shave him, and then of course they scalp him. I mean, it was it was pretty brutal. So I have that on my list as well. Um, and then my final one that I I wrote down, and I'm sure you'll trigger some stuff in my mind as well, uh, was actually Michael Shane winning the first Ultimate X. Hmm. Okay. So I really didn't expect him to uh, to win that. I think I have the oh yeah the first Ultimate X on August twentieth on pay per view number fifty nine, so those were my that that immediately came into my head. If I dug a little bit deeper, I'm sure I could have find a couple other pieces that were like more impactful. Right. Uh, but I mean, even you know another one I could throw in here even is uh, it I'm gonna say it counts is Jeff Jarrett going to Japan to attack Hogan. They showed the footage on on Impact. I think you can kind of. That was one that I was going to mention. I mean, I, I, how can you? How can we ignore that? How can we go through this episode without mentioning that? You're you're missing one major shocking moment, and I'm kind of upset about it. I'm a little worried because I knew I was going to be missing something decent, and um... yeah, uh, it's when Lollipop exposed her boobs. Whoa. <laughs> 
Dude. Whoa. I forgot that that was in 2003. <laughs> I mean, this that's literally what, what we were just saying. I mean, so much happened. I forgot that Lollipop's full, like, they were showing yeah. on a pay-per-view. Yep. Yeah, sure that... Were. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, you also okay. have to include uh, Shane Douglas barfing because uh, <laughs> yeah. he hydrated, he barfed in the ring. He sure, he sure did. He sure did. How dude. about uh, TNA signing or uh, no, TNA uh, losing out on Zach Allen after I mean, a People Magazine fucking article? Really, I mean, that is that is pretty fucking shocking. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. They did do a lot of, you know, I would say, like, shocking things. So uh, there's a lot of ground to cover. But damn, dude, Lollipop being exposed. I'm trying to think of, like, like storyline. Well, Uh, aside from the stuff that you, like, that you mentioned, which were all, I think, really valid ones. um, I think a shocking one for me in all seriousness, is um, Raven not winning the NWA world title Oh, on, on April 30th. Hold hold that thought. <laughs> that fits in a different category for me. Oh, what? Let me see. The, uh... Our next category is most disappointing moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would probably... Okay, that goes, I think, for me for both of those. Because that uh, is a majorly I, disappointing moment. Uh, no, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, how can you not? I mean, it was, yeah. it was kind of ridiculous. Um, and, you know, another, like, pretty big one is uh, the debut of one of my other favorite wrestlers who was under a mask, Mr. Wrestling, uh, what was the number, is it, uh, four, Mr. Wrestling, four, Nikita Koloff. Oh, shut up. You didn't know who he was. Yes, I did. I think it's Mr. Wrestling three. No, that was, that was the other one. That was Vince Russo. Oh, that was, was three. Nikita? That was last year. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. See, it's all oh, ridiculous because Steve Carino was always Mister Wrestling Three. I thought, and that was later than two thousand. Ah, whatever. Whatever. It's all a mess. But I, I think that's a you know that's some really great stuff to, as far as like a uh, shocking stuff. And like I said, you know, it, and as far as all these questions go, I want to hear what our listeners think as well. So react to it. Let us know what you guys think about. Uh, some of your most shocking moments. Even if you didn't watch, if you've been listening the whole time, you've heard it all. I think me what and Bob. Would you would you say about what about like all the constant hangings? I mean, those are ex- certainly visually shocking. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of them that were like, uh, I he probably should let him go a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I there's some the brutal one- ones. I think the one where they had him over, like, the balcony was a bit... Yes, the balcony ones were pretty fucking brutal. Um, and, and, see, this is where it's, like, maybe maybe next year we need, like, a, a holy shit moment thing, too. Because, like, New Jack being thrown off the balcony. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, tons of stuff. I think the hangings, that's a really great point, too, though. What about... Um, this is a... There's two of them. The first one... For, and we're still on shocking moments. How about uh, when Vince Russo's kids revealed that uh, he's a bad <laughs> father, and he's like, "I let you watch Howard Stern at eleven yeah, o'clock at night, bro." Yeah, I, I was actually that whole segment. I was trying to figure out where that fit for me because that one stands out. Like that whole Pro of the year, baby. 
I was thinking about it for that, but um, I don't know. What was... about when he comes out dressed up as Jeff Jarrett? My God. Oh, <laughs> my God. That was amazing. Another thing that it was like one of the funniest, one of the best things I think Vince Russo's done <laughs> is yeah. coming out dressed as Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and it was funny as fuck. That was great. It was awesome. Totally not expecting it. No. Um, so kind of to tie in, we already mentioned it, but uh, what about your most disappointing moment? We mentioned Raven not winning the world title on April 30th, pay-per-view number 43 against Jarrett, which was probably the stupidest decision I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the push of Glenn Gilbury as a main eventer is a series of disappointing moments. That's an interesting one. Because, so, you know, here's the thing. To an extent, um, I think the progression was going maybe fairly well. I mean, like, he beat AJ Styles in that street fight with like, I, the chair. Yeah, yeah. Which was good. Like, that was, oh, okay, that's clever. That's, a, you know, an effective way. Uh, but they, like, I feel like it was just really rushed. You know, like, it seemed like in a two or three week span, it went from Glenn Gilberti doing jive talking and, like, teaming up with Mike Sanders to, well, we're going to overtake the show. And, you know, I'm going to smoke a cigar and be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm king of the world. I'm going to control. Yeah, it's the king of the world stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that whole thing was just really rushed out like if this was maybe a different format and i've I've said it numerous times i mean if it was a tv show you're probably able to stretch things out because like if you do that gilberti storyline over the course of three or four or five six months instead of two or three or four weeks Mm -hmm. it might have a greater impact but when you're having to maybe rush things in a sense of urgency to give Jarrett more you know heel challengers at the time um, I think that was an overall disappointing storyline arc. Yeah, I agree. How it resulted in being. Well, and it, I think it's safe to say that at one point it was like, oh, they're kind of booking Gilberti pretty good, which is very odd to like kind of enjoy the character he was trying to portray and stuff. But like you said, it rushed so fast and it was it came and gone before you really got to, I think, enjoy it. I'd argue it's probably some of the best stuff he's done, and it was there, it was there and gone, and then he was trying to like be the leader of sex still, and sex fizzled away. I think that I think the current role that he's in as like a lower mid card, like manager um, type, manager type. I think yeah, I think that's. I think it's perfect. Him being a, him being when he started managing Swinger and Diamond. I was all for it. I was like, "This is this is how you use Glenn Gilberti right now." I I think if Gilberti was strictly a manager, he'd be really good. I think he would get the right level of heat, not only for himself but also for the people that he's managing. Yeah, I agree with that. That it would be beneficial for everybody. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, another disappointing moment that I had written down. Uh, besides the Raven situation, is the Bound for Glory show being canceled, and that oh. was offi- and that was officially canceled or rescheduled 
uh, on October 22nd, pay-per-view 67, is when they had Jimmy Hart come out and basically be like, yeah, we, we're rescheduling the show. Hogan's got to get uh, surgery. I mean, we went from Jared just flew to Japan to per, to bring TNA to him and, like, attack Hogan in Japan to, hey, we got a pay-per-view. November 30th, get ready, big three-hour event. And then it was like, ah, it's actually not happened. All, it happened so fast. I was just going to say, dude, yeah. It was, it was like, oh, this is awesome. Bound for glory. And like, as a, obviously in, with, you know, with hindsight, we, ever, TNA fans love Bound for Glory, right? It's like their marquee event. So it's like, wow, this is cool. It's like the start. Of it. And then it just doesn't happen. So huge disappointment. The whole Hogan situation in general, instead of Hogan, we got Jimmy Hart for like five weeks. Yeah. And like that, that kind of sucked. Um, that's, that's probably the number one. I think it's gotta be one of the biggest, right? I think so. Because I mean, if you're watching it live in 2003, and I know for myself, just putting myself in that, I would have been like 14 at the time. So if I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. And mind you, I was a teenage supporter really from day one for a while. Um, I would have been so pumped up. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's, I'm down. And then for it to be like literally three weeks later, roughly, where it's like, he's not coming in. <laughs> like, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't make it to the end of the month before it's like he's not actually coming in at all. Right. Uh, that's a major disappointment. I think for another uh, disappointing moment, I guess, or moments, I'm going to say the last, like, three months of AJ Styles in 2003. <laughs> I mean, really, though? Ever Holy since crap, he man. lost the title to Jeff Jarrett back on, like, whatever, October whatever it was, 29th or 22nd or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean. He has looked... Just from a character perspective, his in-ring stuff is good whenever he actually gets offense and whatever. But character presentation, he has looked like an absolute jabroni. He'll sit there and say, like, I'm going to knock you out, Jeff Jarrett. You're not going to want me in the ring. And then he gets in the ring, and it's like a 90-10 Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. even if he tries to attack Jarrett, he still gets laid out. Right. So you can't even do that. Yeah, it's, well, I, uh... I, I think they've de-elevated or de-escalated uh, AJ Styles as, like, a prominent upper-card upper, upper card guy, it seems like, which is pretty disappointing. Yeah, because I feel like he wasn't doing bad as, like, the champion. He had R- Russo in his corner. I thought, I thought it was I, going I kind good. of enjoyed the heel run. Like right. When he had the matches with, with D'Lo, and he, like, defended against Raven or whatever. Yeah. Like, and with Russo as his, as his partner, I thought that duo was entertaining. But then when Russo leaves and, like, Styles de facto goes back babyface and just looks like an absolute scrub against Jarrett for the most part, that's pretty disappointing. And even in the in rematches, he right. hasn't had strong showings, but I think that's just because of the poor booking and presentation for him. Yeah. I, I pretty disappointing. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of all the stuff that I had coming, you know, to the top of my head, but I, I, there was many shows where 
you know, we watched it and we were like, wow, I wish I, they didn't do that. You know, so there was definitely a lot of twists and turns that disappointed us along the way this year. But I'm, I'm glad uh, none of them stick out as badly as Raven not winning the title and Bound for Glory being canceled for me because I I feel like there's... I mean, they could, this could have been a laundry list, I feel like. Oh, sure. But, um, uh, yeah. So that's all you had for that one? I, I think so. Hey, if something comes to your mind, let us know. Uh, wh- what are you thinking about for a promo of the year? I think this one was really tough. So tough that I didn't have an answer. Um, I I don't know about a, like a specific one. I don't know if that's what you mean by promo of the year, or if it's by just a wrestler. Uh, I'm like, hey, I'm down to kind of think about this how we want. Last year, I think we did we kind of narrowed it down. I could easily think of some like specific people where I was like, I really like them on the microphone this year. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm going to try to encompass a few of these. So I think Raven, when he doesn't get lost in his words, is good. Right. There's been a couple of times where he's like, I forget what I'm talking about. Right. But then there's a lot of times where he totally gets what he's talking about. Do I like the catchphrase? Do you hear me knocking? I'm going to walk. Whatever it is. No, I hate that. That pisses me off. No. Or when Raven first came in. First came in was good. Some of the promos, like, standing in the nest area, like, in the crowd, some of those were, like, really, really good. And it was like, damn, I'm really glad Raven's here. And then he started doing the weird catchphrase and, like, getting lost. And then, like, talking about killing people a lot and, like, taking their guts out. Some of those are a lot, but. I think TNA, if you really think about it, they have a lot of strong talkers. You have Raven, you have Father James Mitchell, Shane Douglas can... Right. Some good ones. Um, I want to say there was like a promo by Chris Harris. I was thinking that too. Where we were he's, like, "Holy not... shit, that's a good like intense promo." Right. So, the, and I want to say it was around the cage match with Triple X that he cut that. Oh, you might be right about that. You might be around right about that. that. It seems like it was around the time, but there was definitely a Chris Harris promo where he, we were like, "What the hell." And of course, James Storms was like, "Sorry about your damn luck," and like they walk off or whatever. But Chris Harris actually carried it, which right. was rather surprising. Um, see, I think Sonny Siaki, when he was like leading sex, was was a good promo. The ace in the hole. Ace in the hole, Sonny Siaki referring to himself. No, he did do some. He no, he's 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 good to talk, and they actually haven't really let him talk much recently. They haven't he, really what? seemingly used him. Not That's kind lot. of a disappointing thing, too. It's like, what the hell? You haven't really used them. Well, you bring in ECMO, and then it's kind of like, now they, they're they like a lower-tier tag team now, where, like, Siaki was, like, heavily featured earlier in the year. Yeah. And they're not a bad tag team, either, necessarily. But what a weird uh, thing to have happen to a good talker, solid wrestler, and someone who, really, I think you could potentially kind of help build your company on he's like a younger younger guy who could end up being a big star if you did it right a tna original really yeah for real i mean yeah yeah i think that uh sometimes you know if if the in-ring isn't good with tna at least you can sometimes bank on a couple good promos maybe 
No, I agree. Yeah, like I said, the promo thing really got me. And I feel like there was even some, like, there was, like, one, like, a Vince Russo one, too, where, like, with him and Jarrett and stuff, there was a couple pretty good ones. I, I'll tell you what, and we've said it before, you know, neither of us are the biggest Vince Russo fans. This is what it is. But some of his stuff he's done in TNA, as, like, as an, a performer, has been pretty decent. He gets heat. He's, I mean, it ain't hard. Uh, but uh, there's been a couple times where it's like, damn, like, Am I becoming a fan of Vince Russo? Well, I think I don't necessarily enjoy Russo as a booker or writer. I guess he's more of a writer than he is a booker. Right. But I do tend to enjoy him as a on-air personality. I I do. I think I do too. So, and do I feel ashamed for saying that? Maybe. But even with his, even in WCW, it's like he knew how to book himself strong. <laughs> if right. only he could book other like if. If you put a wrestler, if you were to put a wrestler in all the angles that Russo put himself in, <laughs> that wrestler would be like huge. But instead, he was like, "Nah, bro, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it myself, bro." Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll uh, elevate myself where there's no like legitimate conclusion in the ring, and I'll just take all the heat. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now these next couple categories that we have, I think, I think it gets a little tougher. Uh, so uh, next up, we have the rookie of the year, oh, and we had a lot of rookies. Do you have a list of rookies? I picked two. Okay. That I think uh, have the potential uh, to to win this category, but we do have in general a lot of rookies. Um, my first pick uh, is Michael Shane. And I say that because he kind of came out of nowhere, and I think he's uh, he's really solidified himself on the roster, uh, and I think he's done fairly well for essentially coming out of nothing. Uh, and you might say the same one of the same names as my 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 second that I have, so I'll let you uh, say one of yours yeah, who's, here next. Who's your Who's your second? Okay, okay, talk me to it. Uh, my second's Chris Sabin. I knew you were going to say Saban. I wasn't going to say Saban. And I think very similar reasons, although I think Saban's better than Michael Shane. I do. I think Saban's better than Michael Shane. Significantly better even. But I, I think that um, he's really uh, proven himself. I think he was in, in immediate, like, you you put him out there at first. The fans loved him. I mean, he had a great first showing. And he stuck around. Uh, he joined Sex for that little bit. He was the X Division champion. Won the Super X Cup. I mean, he's he's killing it. He's doing really good work. Uh, there's not there's not usually a Chris Sabin match where I'm disappointed. I at least I can't think of one that I was like, wow, that one sucked. Uh, I think Sabin's a really good one. I don't know. So Michael Shane, I think his uh, X Division title run, it's not bad. It's a lackluster though. But it's lackluster. It's not As the style that you would want. Right. I think, at, like I said, for me, with putting Michael Shane here, it's it's almost like seeing him like come in and being like, oh, I'm Shawn Michaels' cousin. To, like, he, he's, he's, he's worked his way, I mean, literally, because he's the champion, but to the top of the X Division. And I think he's, I think he's held his own. So that's, that's why I put him up there. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's where I I'm think- at. 
I think I, I will agree with you with Saban. And then the guy that I was thinking of was is Abyss. I was looking. Uh, I was looking at my one of my lists over here, and I looked at his name, and I was like, "It's a pretty good one too." And I say Abyss because I think out of all, well, and I don't necessarily know all of the. Um, I don't know all the rookies per se that have uh, made their debuts, but I feel like Abyss has the most potential to be a star. Because yeah. he's got a different look. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as the years go by, the guy does just lunatic things to himself. And clearly he's inspired by guys like, you know, uh, Cactus Jack, Mankind, whatever. That mm-hmm. style of wrestling. And I think that resonates much more with fans than necessarily Saban style, I think. I think there's a lot more people that do Saban style, at least in 2003, compared to what Abyss right. is doing. Right. Um, but no, I think the top two for me were would probably be Abyss and Saban. Yeah, I think Abyss is a really good one to add under there as well. I I totally agree with that. Um, I guess kind of moving on. It, once we talk about our debuts, don't worry, we'll talk about other people who are, I guess, technically rookies and stuff. So if you're like, wait, don't. rookies in the sense of TNA, right? And there's, I mean. I mean, you could say, like, even, like, a, just an example, he was he only did a couple appearances, but Eric Young, that's, like, a true, like, rookie guy in TNA at this time. Stuff like that. But we'll talk more after. Um, inspirational Wrestler of the Year. This one was really freaking hard for me. Uh, I had a really, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm only picking off a little bit on this one this year. Um... So I'll just get it out of the way. I'll tell you. Uh, I picked Sanjay Dutt. And I say that because I feel like he is like a true underdog. And the fans immediately picked up on it and like loved him. And like really, really are pulling for him. Kind of corny shit. But that's that's where, right where my head went to um, when I was thinking about this. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I really don't know what else to who else I'd I'd put in this spot from this year. That's a good one. Uh, maybe good Vince one. Russo for going home and being a dad, watching Howard Stern with his kids. <laughs> uh, he saw the error of his ways and he went home. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. This is this is actually a pretty tough one. Inspirational. And I just had one in my head, and then I lost it. Yeah, like I said, man, I really struggled with this. Oh, how about uh, how about David Young? Because, by God, he's probably the most boring wrestler in TNA history, and he still collects a paycheck and will continue to do so for the better part of three and a half years. In that sense, That's I'm truly inspired. inspired. I'm pretty fucking inspired. Yeah, Actually, like, they... hey, if you, you know what, ladies and gentlemen listening, if you feel like you suck and you're lackluster at maybe something you're passionate about, just remember that David Young is perhaps the most bland and boring wrestler in TNA history. And he still got booked. Right. Uh, There's actually just on a, on a recent episode of Impact Wrestling, they did the Wrestle House 2, and there was a David Young reference. No way. Dude. 
they the short version is Hernandez is in it, and they like kind of brainwashed him. And I forgot who hit who, and he's like, "Oh, he reminds me of David Young." And I was like, "What?" Oh my god! Uh, there's also a Goldilocks reference too. So I don't know if they're just listening to our show or what, or they're getting inspired by our our shit. But there's some old TNA stuff getting brought up there in Impact Wrestling. Would you would you consider Mike Tenay inspirational? I guess in, in what way are you thinking? I want to I want to say yes, but I guess I can't think of why I want to say yes. Because he's always like defending the NWA. He doesn't back down from Jared ever. He never backs down. Never. He's he if anything he's an aggressor. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Yeah, so that's pretty inspiring. That Mike Tenay, who's like, hey, I'm just an announcer guy, and you could easily just kick my ass. But by God, if you get in my face, I ain't backing down. Right. That's kind of inspiring. I don't disagree with that, actually. I don't. So, well, you know, I'm glad we uh, figured out some names. David Jones might be my favorite on that list now, but yeah. you know, uh, moving on. <laughs> Our next category is the most improved. I feel like. Oh, I know mine. I don't know if mine's like right. You know, I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer, but uh, what, what do you got for this one? Say my name. Prime time, baby. Elix mm. Skipper. Mm, that's good. That's good. I've really enjoyed Elix Skipper. Yeah, I think that's probably better than my answer. And probably this more came a long way since attacking mine um, in a park with a, with a pail of yellow. That's meat. true. And he did just make his return, and he's back yeah. trying to get Triple X back together. Uh, fingers crossed. Let's hope it works, even without Loki if we have to. So I think I think Elix Skipper's gonna win that one. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I I picked AJ Styles, and I say that because he got elevated to the um, heavyweight division essentially. And I mean, how could AJ Styles is frick, I mean, he's freaking good. Okay, there's no doubt about it. But that's where that's why I thought that. Okay, they elevated him. He did good with his title run. Of course, as you mentioned earlier in the show, then he's kind of been shit on. <laughs> yeah, shit on real quick. Yeah. Um, but I like Skipper. That's probably a better answer and more realistic um, of a of a real answer. I mean, I think you're taking most improved in terms, obviously, like status on the card, and I'm taking most improved as I think Skipper's found his groove in the ring. Right, right. Uh, BG James. No, I'm just joking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what's not brutal, Bob, is, uh, you know, we had a lot of comebacks, a lot of people doing some cool stuff. Who won the comeback of the year for you? Um, I took this a different kind of way, too. I know I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of cheating this year, but... This is just what came to my mind. <laughs> okay. Come back, I'm going to say for comeback of the year, I think also has to play a part of, like, I've enjoyed their work. Right. Maybe they're not good, but I've enjoyed it. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's saying Glenn. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm going to say the franchise, Shane Douglas. Ooh. That's really Because good. I think when he came back and that initial 
feud with Raven that lasted like four months, three or four months. That was some top quality shit. Now the stuff he's doing with Michael Shane here to close out the year, maybe not that most intriguing thing. Right. But Shane Douglas is a good one. I'm taking yeah, and I'm taking comeback of the year from like we haven't necessarily seen him in a while, like in the air, like in the time frame, or like. No, I think that makes sense. So the way I kind of looked at this um, was a, a comeback in their career. Like a resurgence. Resurgence. And I feel like arguably someone who did that the best was Raven. That's actually a really good one. Because as we mentioned, when he made his debut, he was wrestling on heat. He wasn't doing shit. Uh, and yeah, he came okay, back. I think I agree with you there. I think I'd go like Raven as the top one and then Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is good though. But uh, Raven for me, it's just like, I don't know. I think it's some of, I think his TNA stuff is some of his best work and uh, him coming in and essentially going right as a main event player and doing really good at it. it, it you know, instead of wrestling on heat, <laughs> I mean, come on. No, yeah, I think his his run here has definitely solidified himself as like a viable main event guy compared to being, hey, I'm gonna wrestle Johnny Stamboli for four minutes on Sunday night heat. Right. So yeah. yeah, he definitely came back to like the ECW and even WCW level. Yeah, I, I agree. He should be on the card. So right. I definitely agree with that. That's yeah, because originally I was like, who who left and like made a return? But we didn't really have any like good ones of those. Like, no. Um, so that's where this one was. Uh, I was tough. So I thought I thought Raven would fit that category fairly well. No, he absolutely does. Uh, next up, we have the manager of the year. Well, we don't got a lot of them. There ain't a lot to pick from. No, and I mean, I'm going to say Father James Mitchell. I don't know how you can say he he's not the one. I don't know who could possibly be in this category other than him for, like, the next, what, five years? I mean, realistically, he is, like, the manager. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there has been some others. We have, obviously, we have Shane Douglas. Uh, Vince Russo was AJ Styles' manager. Um, I mean, those ones stick out the most. But I, and I had Shane Douglas down as well. But Father James Mitchell, I think, number one, I don't think he can be touched right now. No. And I think soon... I think he's going to be very untouchable. Yeah. I think you're right. So, we'll see what happens there. That was an easy one. I like that category. Yeah, that was... No, you didn't have to think hard for that one. Right, exactly. A Feud of the Year is up next. This, for me, also pretty fucking easy. I got two, but I think this was pretty easy. I have two as well. Maybe right. even well, I'll go. I'll go first this round. Um, I think number one is Jeff Jarrett versus Raven. Sure. Uh, I don't think I need to say more about that. Uh, and secondly, I had America's Most Wanted against Triple X. Yeah. I mean, those two are those are pretty big, and they will spill into some other remaining categories as well yep. that we will get to. Um, so yeah, th- for me, those two very good. Really stuck out. Yeah, and I'm I'm also going to include Raven and Shane Douglas, as I just mentioned. Mm. 
I mean, yeah, you could even count that as Raven versus the New Church. I mean, that whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess you could encompass that as all, all of them. Yeah, I would probably add that in mine as well because that. Um, I mean, that's some really good stuff. I th- I think Raven against AJ when he first came in. I mean, the promos there were AJ would be like, "Got needles in your arms, Northern Cold." Right, right, like, dude. What? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a shocking was... moment. That's a shocking moment too. Like a it's promo where it's like, "Hey, promos track I mean, marks in your arm." Like, okay, AJ, what the fuck are you talking about? Little little landscaping AJ Styles is saying, "Oh, what? You got track marks? You got a needle in your arm?" Yeah. Like, oh, Do you know who you're talking to? That's fucking Raven, dude. Yeah. You know, another most shocking moment was, like, Vader. I mean, really, though. That, I mean, like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, what, what other, like, feuds could there have been? I mean, America's Most Wanted versus, uh, I don't know if they technically... Diamond and Swinger. Yeah, New York Connection. I don't know if they actually went by that or not, but, yeah. That's, that's definitely... I mean, that's, like, a really, really good tag team feud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, what else is there? There's got. I feel like AJ and D'Lo. AJ and D'Lo is pretty good. Yeah. I gotta say, and they hit some pretty good matches in that too. I think it could easily be up there in the feud of the year as well. Yeah, which is good. Um, I would say nothing with the red shirts. Just cancel them right out. <laughs> the Harris Brothers. Nothing with the Harris Brothers. Um, I mean, some of the sex stuff was good, but that died out really quick, so I wouldn't even consider that in this category. Which is crazy to think that, like, Sports Entertainment Extreme, I don't think you, I don't think I would incorporate that in Feud of the Year or anything, or even, like, a storyline of the year. Because the way it just, it fizzled so So fast. fucking quick. So fast. I feel like didn't, I feel like there was something with that, like Saban. Was it like Saban and like Lynn and stuff like that? Like all that X Division stuff. There was some pretty good action going on, but I can't really see if it's not sticking out in my head enough. Then I, I don't feel like it's even like worthy of saying it's a feud of the year. But right. Um. Well, wasn't it more like Lynn and Skipper? Well, yeah. I mean, that happened too, and that was that was that pretty... was such a my. I feel like that was such a minor. Yeah, that was pretty minor, though. But, you know, hey, those are some really good picks. Uh, also, what about Dusty and Jarrett? And then you've got Tanay and Jarrett. Well, I feel like Tanay and Jarrett is, like, a default every year. And, like, yeah. I don't know if you guys listened to our last uh, regular episode, episode 75. But at the very end of the show, there was a fucking blow-off for this feud. Jarrett grabbed Mike Tanay by the jacket and was, like, pushing him, and Tanay was fighting back. Oh, my God. Something I never thought I'd see. I really think January 7th, uh, when we return next week for you, there might be a match. I don't know. I haven't seen the show, so we're going to find I'm out. I'm telling you, if Mike Tanay, Mike Tanay should wrestle a tag, like a tag match against Jarrett. If Mean Gene Okerlund and Mark Madden can do a tag team match on Thunder, Mike Tanay can put some tights on and rustle on the weekly pay-per-view. I think so as well. I'd pay to see it. I agree. Uh, next up, we have the most popular wrestler of the year. I think that's easy. I think it's easy, too. It's Raven, right? Raven. 
I was going to say, let's count down and just say it, because it's got to be Raven. It's got to be Raven. Even when he was a heel, I think he was the most popular wrestler. He was. Easily. Yeah. Okay, next up, the most hated. Yeah, I got... <laughs> I got... Well, for us, yeah. I have three names that I think are, like, perfect in this category. And mostly, okay. I'd say, those, you're just... <laughs> Fucking Don Harris. Yo, fuck Don Harris. Uh, fuck Don Harris. So that's a whole different thing. Uh, my, th- I'll just go down the list. Just make it easy and we can discuss. Uh, I got Vince Russo. Mega heel. Right? Jeff Jarrett, later half of the year. I would say the whole year. I mean, realistically, the whole year. But he I, was more... Even when he was a babyface, I don't think the crowd really bought into it. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then finally, how could I not put this man... On the most hated list, and that is our director of authority, Eric Watts. Eric Watts. You fuck Eric Watts. Oh my god. Jack Every- the Jack. Yes. Jared. Triple J. I don't know. There's something about Eric. Every time he comes on the screen, I want to just like turn it off. I'm like, oh God. Like somebody just Oh, I mean, there's a lot of those guys. Eric Watts is really up there for me. Like he Eric yeah. Watts is go away heat for me. Absolutely. I mean, like David Flair when he was there for yeah, uh, dude, David Flair. <laughs> oh my god, dude. No, but I mean Don Harris and David Young are without question two people that when I see them coming out, it's like God help me. God. Well, it's it sucks because it like when there's a David Young match on, we both kind of just. Uh. Yeah, dude, it just ruins. You could let's say the show started off with like let's say that let's say next week, the show starts off with Ultimate X, right? Mm-hmm. And we would be like, holy shit, dude, that match was fucking great. And then they'll be like, okay, cool. The next match is going to be David Young against fucking I don't even know, Shark Boy, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, dude, the show's ruined. It's over. It's done. That's it. it. Sucks right there. Yeah, thumbs That's down it. show, and it has nothing to do with Sharp Boy. It has everything to do with David Young. Yeah, it's a. It, and I want to say it's not his fault, but it's kind of his fault. It kind of is. He's he just, just he just has no character. He just doesn't have any charisma. He, he does one one good move. A spine buster. That's it. Yeah. What else does he do? Nothing. Nothing. But they are starting to use him more in like a. I want to say, like, kind of a comedy role with Gilberti. Like, he keeps, like, saying dumb shit and stuff. I think that makes it even more annoying. Well, yeah, but I think that it's going to... That'll help. Because, like, if he makes me laugh, it makes me hate myself more. And then you got to also incorporate, I think, Glenn Gilberti. Uh, yeah, yeah. Into that's this point. most hated wrestler. That's true. And they're a tag like, team, so... And Mike Sanders. Oh, Mike Fuck Mike Sanders too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, just pick, and a lot of you know what? And a lot of like Glenn Gilberti's issue was like the pants he was wearing. Right. Absolutely. Like, that dude. I think we could probably under most hated just put SEX and just. I mean, they, most of the guys we just most set up in it. But well, that wasn't also not a very hard category. But this one might be a little bit tougher, I think. And that is the match of the year. Because Bob. I wrote six matches. You have six matches. I wrote six matches. And well, I and I don't know 
Which one's actually my favorite? I know. I think I know my favorite one. Um, I'm surprised you have six. I don't know if I could do six. That I really love. things for they kept popping in my head. All right, so name name your six, and I'll name. I'm sure my one is on is part of your six. I'd be surprised if it isn't, but okay. It is, I'm sure it is. These are in no particular order. Um, first up, what came one of the first that came to my mind was Raven versus AJ Styles in the number one contender ladder match on pay per view 37, March 19th. Really? I thought it was a really fun ladder match. Isn't that the one where they both grabbed it down and there was no finish? I guess. Yeah, I fucking hate that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I don't know. Maybe. And maybe... they did that like four weeks in a row, like double pins and like. They did. They did do that bullshit. shit. They did do that shit. Or wait, actually, no. The oh, and, or was this? No, this was the ladder match where Raven actually got it, and then this is what led to his match with Jared. I think. You're thinking of D'Lo and Styles both grabbing the belt and falling. I'm pretty sure. I could have sworn that they both came down with the contract. No, because I think there's a there's a photo that we posted of Raven holding it in his hand, laying down, and there's a puddle of blood in the ring. Okay, maybe you're right. So I thought that one was really fun. Uh, I also now hear me out on this one because I feel like I know what you're going to say about it, but hear me out. I put Raven and Jared on here from pay per view 43, April 30th, strictly because the buildup. And the crowd during the match, I think, really made this match, like, I don't want to use the word spectacle, but I feel like it was, uh, it, like, it was really, like, it, it made it, like, a lot of fun. It, obviously, we didn't get what we wanted out of it, but I think it was one of Jarrett's better matches we've seen. I can agree with that. I mean, the, the outcome, the results was right. not great. Uh, right. But, yeah, I mean, that... I think without a doubt that Raven and Jarrett, honestly, aside from another match, which I'm sure you're going to mention, is probably the most memorable match of the year. That's what I mean. So I can't, I can't get it out of my head. When I think of TNA 2003, that's what I'm going to think of. I think if you ask any TNA fan, hey, what 2003 TNA, what do you think about what, What's first thing comes to your mind? I wouldn't be surprised if people were like, uh, Raven and Jarrett. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And I think when, you know, I think we can agree that they fumbled it on that night. Um, right. Their momentum noticeably went down. Yes. It so really, I think really. that match had so much to it, like what you're mentioning. Like, I, I think mention, putting it in the category of match of the year because of how much it meant at the time. Right. I don't think is a foolish thing to say. Right. Uh, next up on my list, I have The Ultimate Axe from August 20th, pay-per-view number 59. I think first ever Ultimate Axe. I think it was a very fun match. Memorable. I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> so I put it on my list. Yeah, good. Uh, after that one, I this one I might be looking at with rose-colored glasses on. I feel like this I would truly have to rewatch to be like, okay, that deserves to be in my category. But on July 11th, or sorry, June 11th, pay-per-view number 49, we had a three-way match between Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, and Raven. And I feel like I remember 
enjoying that. Is it match of the year? That one's probably the bottom of my list of six, realistically. Okay. So, like, realist, I was like, that was How a lot of fun. Have you said now four? That's my fourth. Um, next up, I have a feeling one of them is what you're going to say, so I'm saving that for last. So, uh, my next one is the Super X Cup Finals from September 3rd, pay-per-view number 61, Chris Sabin versus The Juice, Juventud Guerrero. That's a really good one. That was a really good match. That's a really good match. As far as, like, I feel like enjoying a match strictly for, like, what's happening in the match... That one's got to be up there. Um, but finally, I'd be su- really surprised if this isn't what yours is. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, on June 25th, pay-per-view 51, America's Most Wanted, Triple X, the cage match. Yeah, that's what I'm re- Yeah, that's what I was Yeah, I, realistically, <laughs> when I was building this list, that cage match and Jarrett versus Raven are the first two things that popped in my head. And... I think both were very, very good. The cage match, as far as like what what it was compared to the match itself of Raven and Jarrett, I think might have a little bit, might just top it. But those that's uh that's my list, man. It was this yeah. one. There's a lot going on here for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For sure, I'm gonna say the cage match is my number one. I think Saban and Hoovy that you mentioned is like, if there was like, let's say I had narrowed down to three, I'd go the cage. Um, oh, I'm going to order it. I'm going to go with like level of it. I think impo- importance or like impact. So I'm going to say the cage match. Cause that's, that was at a time where they needed to get their momentum back, and I think that helped. That whole show really, I think, helped. Right. Um, Raven, Jarrett, and then Saban, 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 and uh, Hoovy. Ultimate X was good, but I think it's a trial and error. Like they, I don't think they figured it out totally that, yet. And that's a good point. And I, like I said, I think that one kind of falls in here for me because of like what what it is. That's another nostalgia that, of it being like the first one. The first thing, what what it's going to mean for the company, and I don't know something so innovative that worked. I think it's really good, but I I agree completely. Um, but I think those three, absolutely, were three of the best things uh, throughout the year. And what's interesting about that is that's pretty spread out through the year. I mean, yeah, it's early, mid, and then fairly late so it's pretty interesting how they kind of laid itself out there uh well next up uh, we only got two more categories left before we can chat about some other things here but is tag team of the year we had a lot of tag teams coming in and out yeah rock and roll express rock and roll express and that's naturals right made an appearance. the naturals did yeah Uh, well, I feel like uh, there may be an obvious pick here, but I think I'm going to go kind of outside the box or maybe not applicable. But go ahead. Who, who's your tag team? Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Um, okay, so I wrote two. And I so my personal 
is Diamond and Swinger. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, go ahead. I just think uh, as far as them coming in, they ended up beating America's Most Wanted. They got the titles. They had a pretty good run with it. And I became very big Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger fans. Or fan. Uh, so to me, just like a, kind of alone. Uh, like, I don't know. I really think that. Uh, I don't know. I think it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And. So to me, that's like my tag team of the year. If I look at, you're gonna roll your eyes at this, <laughs> you know, because I kind of rolling my eyes at it. But I really think you kind of have to throw Three Life Crew in the conversation. No way. And no I say, listen, listen, way. listen. The and why I say this mm-hmm. is I because I know you. I know. I'm sorry, but. They really got the fans in the asylum to like love them. Right, that's fine. They suck. Yeah. Well, aside, Ron Killings does not suck, but BG James and Conan are not good. Like I said, I listen. I just think they have to be in the conversation. No fucking way. I, I, I think, as does America's Most Wanted. I think they have to be in the conversation as well. Sure. Same thing with like with Triple X. They could be thrown Triple in. X? Um, if I had, no, I think Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger are the tag team of the year. And it's so crazy to say that because I don't think I would have expected to utter those words, not because they suck or anything, but you were, I would have thought America's Most Wanted would have been tag team of the year for the first four years of this podcast. Right. But I think kind of what has happened with AMW already is they've done Everything they can do. They've won the tag team titles numerous times. They've won a cage match. The first cage match in TNA history. Uh, they've, I mean, they've had, certainly they've had good matches. They've had bad matches as well, though. And it depends really on the opponents. Uh, I think Diamond and Swinger, to an extent kind of carried their feud uh, with like promos and, and just overall their overall presentation. Uh, I, I don't think there's many wrestlers or tag teams that can lose several title matches in a row and still carry a feud to a point where you still care about it. And then they win the tag team titles, right. which is something they accomplished to do. Um, and I think heading into 2004, uh, Diamond and Swinger, both as a duo act. I mean, they fucking, they just beat AJ and D'Lo Brown. Like, I was not expecting that. I thought it was for sure AJ or D'Lo would win. And then they won. So I yeah. think their momentum for TNA and value, I think is at a fucking all-time high. Like you're going in 2004. I'm still. I'm thinking, Diamond and Swinger are the top heel team still. And uh, I think so. I don't know I how think it could be. It's just a matter of time before they probably regain the titles from Three Life Crew. Yeah, I agree. Although I do think they, I think they will turn phase because they're annoyed with Gilberti. I think they do turn phase. 
I think they will too. Why not, right? That seems to be the direction that we're heading in. That's right. Well, if final... triple, and if Triple X was around more consistently, they might have been the top tag team. Daniels and Skip. Right. But they're always in Japan or something, so it doesn't work out. Yeah, you have that right. Um, well, last up, Bob, we have the wrestler of the year. I think this is an easy one, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Who do you think it is? I think it's Raven. I didn't put Raven on my list. But I agree with you. Okay, well, then who's on your list? Uh, AJ Styles, because he does flips. Well, that's not why, but yeah. Yeah, of course. And and who else, Gus? Uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. No, dude. I'm looking at it, listen, I'm looking at it as, maybe I'm looking at it too, too like, kayfabe-wise, right? Yeah, I think you are. I think I am. I think you are. Especially I think that's my... Because, like, what? Well, I think I am. Uh, because I do agree with Raven. But also, if I put Raven on every answer here... I, I, you know what? People, there are people who have great years. And I think the 2003 for Raven, I think for him is an all-time year. His, I do too. Of his career. Absolutely. So I don't think it's ludicrous to be like, he's the comeback guy or he's the wrestler of the year. I think he's deserved it. He's been part of like most of the memorable things of the main event. No, I agree. I and agree. even his non main event feud, let's say with Shane Douglas, for instance, is like the main event, is the top angle that is carrying the show. So I yeah. think, I think he's well deserving of it. Yep, I agree. Well, that is all of me and Bob's opinions. Let I'm going to run through here the newsletter awards. Not everyone, because if they don't include a TNA wrestler, I'm not mentioning it. Um, and I'm going to go fairly quick here because I don't I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. Um, but then I want to talk about a couple other fun little things about um, just our podcast in general and what else happened in 2003. Like I said about all the people who debuted. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so this actually was published on January 19th, 2004, which is quite late for a year-end awards for 2003. I know it takes a lot of time to get shit together, but I'm just saying. Um, so the first category that features a TNA wrestler is the Most Outstanding Wrestler Award, and it features AJ Styles in the eighth spot out of ten. It also features Paul London as an honorable mention who did work in TNA in 2003. So I'm mentioning that as well. So AJ is the, really the only TNA guy. I guess. He's the only one in the list. Honorable mention. No, that's, 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 that's what you mean? Okay, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then yes, in the most outstanding wrestler, AJ Styles. Uh, and for reference, if you want to know, Kurt Angle is number one. Well, of course. I mean, he's fucking amazing. Right. Uh, how many Japanese guys are on that? One, two, three. All and above the, AJ Styles. Right. And the rest are WWE guys? Yes. So, like, what, Benoit, Eddie? Yeah. 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 So, we got Angle, uh, Kenta Kobayashi, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Yuji Nagata, 
Chris Jericho, Kenta, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, Shawn Michaels. Okay. I think, that's, I think that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Brian Danielson is in the honorable mentions, if you want to know. Uh, next up is the Feud of the Year category. And this first one I'm going to say did not take place in TNA. However, it features two TNA wrestlers. And that is in the second place spot with Raven versus CM Punk. Wow, that surprises me that that of Ring, uh, Ring of Honor right. centric feud is second. Right. And uh, the only thing beating that was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. You're joking. I wish I was. Raven and Punk is better than Lesnar and Angle. I'm sorry. From a story perspective. Well, you got to you got to think, too, a lot of people who are helping vote on these and stuff like that. Um, oh, are these for fans? Well, these are these. There's votes. Like people vote for this. Oh, uh, I thought this was Dave, like making the list of what he thought was. So it's fans. It's a fan vote. Well, let me say, I don't. He has like a thing. It just says this is the result of the 24th annual Wrestling Observer Newsletter Readership Awards, along oh, with the. Okay. So, so. Okay, so that would make sense then. Why Angle and Lesnar is up there? That's what I mean. More, yeah. It's more eyes. But right. the fact that let that Punk and Ravens second. Second. That's um, nice. And then in the eighth place spot is Jeff Jarrett versus Raven. Okay. So it's also pretty interesting just because just uh, Raven has two spots in the top ten feuds. That's, that's why I'm saying that having him in our awards in so many spots and being wrestler or being wrestler of the year is not, I think, right. a crazy thing because he's done. Now, now it's confirming he's, he's expanded over numerous companies. Right, exactly. That's how crazy of a year he had. Uh, the America's Most Wanted and Triple X feud is in the honorable mention section as well. Uh, next up is the tag team of the year. And Chris Harris and James Storm did come in at the fifth place spot for that. So not too bad. Is Swinger and Diamond on it? Swear and Diamond is not on it, man. I didn't think, I didn't think they were. Oh, and look at that. Actually, I missed that looking again now. I see Triple X is in the seventh spot. So two TNA teams are, in fact, in the top right. ten. Lots of Japanese teams in this one. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't agree with us on Swinger and Diamond. I don't either, but I really think if you watch it all the way through, you can't just... That's the thing that about our podcast that we've said many times, Bob, that... You're, we're coming to appreciate stuff more in context. You're right. watch. You're watch. You can't just watch. Oh, I'm gonna watch pay per view. Uh, seventy two. It's like you you aren't gonna know what's happening. It's a weekly show. Yeah. I don't know. I think it really it's helps. The level of continuation that you need to know about. Right. Um, in the most improved category, three TNA wrestlers are listed in spots eight through ten. So in number the number eight spot is AJ Styles. Then number nine, Bob's pick, Elix Skipper. Yay. Okay. And then number ten is Chris Harris. So that's kind of cool. And also in the honorable mention area, CM Punk and Paul London are also listed there. See, I don't think Punk Oh, and so is James Storm. I missed him. Okay. So 
CM Punk is a guy that really frustrates me because I, I've I've honestly always thought he just looks sloppy as fuck. Maybe that's what he's going for. I don't know. Maybe it's the basketball shorts. I don't know. No, it could be. But uh, I don't know. He's not like a ring general or anything. So I don't, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I still tend to enjoy him. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish he was like more of a brawler. No, I get it. Um, next up is the best on interviews, which CM Punk is featured in the fifth spot, and Raven is in the eighth. Who is it? CM Punk is in the fifth spot of oh, okay. best on interviews, and then Raven is eighth. And Isn't then Jim- it crazy how TNA virtually does not let Punk talk at all? Right. He doesn't really at all. And then uh, James Mitchell is in the honorable mention section for that one as well. Wait a minute. James Mitchell's in the honorable mention? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think it's just because of who we have on this list. I mean, going down from the top, Jericho, Cena, Rock, Quentin Jackson. I don't know who that is, though. Quentin oh. Jackson. Okay. Uh, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle. Or I skip Punk, but Punk, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Raven, Steve Austin, Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I get it. Um, skipping down a bit, the Bruiser Brody Memorial Award, which is the Best Brawler Award, Raven came in the number two spot. The the person who beat him, and really not by a lot, was Brock Lesnar. As a brawler? <laughs> I guess. I had the same reaction. What? Yeah. Uh, and then in the honorable mention section here was uh, your your buddy Steve Carino. Oh, okay. He did wrestle in TNA, so counts. He did. He lost a match to the Harris Brothers in like 32 seconds or whatever. Right. Because Sandman couldn't make a fucking entrance. Ugh. Uh, the best flying wrestler, which is a weird title. TNA? Yeah, I fired. Right, right. TNA has five spots, or at least five uh, people who wrestled within the company at the time. Mm. Number two was AJ Styles. Number three, Teddy Hart. Number six is Juventud Guerrera. Seven is Amazing Red. And eight is Paul London. And then in the honorable mentions is Sanjay Dutt. Um, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me. I'm surprised about Teddy Hart. Because he doesn't really make a splash in wrestling until like the next year, I think. Hmm. Very interesting. I don't know what he was doing to even get noticed. Because we saw him, what, one on one show? Yeah, just this, well, on the Super X Cup. And then I think, did we see him once else besides that? Or did he not end up coming? I can't remember. I don't think he ended up coming. So we've seen him maybe one time. <clears throat> he does, I mean, when he goes to Jersey All Pro, I think starting in 2004, I mean, I would be more surprised by that. I think he's only really doing like Stampede stuff. So right. Hmm. Uh, the most overrated category features Jeff Jarrett in the number two spot. Who be and, him? Uh, Triple H. 2003, overrated. Okay. Uh, and then just for fun, it, it sort of counts, sort of doesn't, but Hulk Hogan is in the honorable mention section. <laughs> uh, 
the most underrated category. Christopher Daniels comes in at number four. Paul London is in at number nine. And then honorable mention was Raven is in that category. That's kind of fun. I can agree with those. Uh, I think Daniels in a singles role has been a bit disappointing. I think that's fair. I think they could have done a lot more with that. But I even think like his matches are just kind of blah. Well, yeah, one of my favorite people on this list, just for fun, when I was reading on it, is uh, Rico. Is his number six on the list, and I was like, oh, okay, dude, Rico's not bad. I like Rico, so I, I watched. I thought it was funny. It was I, a match. It was a match in two thousand two. He fought Rey Mysterio, and I was like, holy shit, this was great. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell there is Rico go. doing? It was right. really good. Right. So, though, no, that does not surprise me. And I, and I remember him having a lot of buzz in OVW. There you go. So, that does not surprise me that people considered him underrated. Was he actually on the list or honorable mention? Oh, no, he's on the list. Really? Yeah, he's in the number six spot. Holy smokes. Okay. All right. Uh, next up is the promotion of the year. Bob, where do you think TNA ranked? In the promotion of the year category, uh, I would be shocked if is it ten? Is there ten promotions? There is ten total. Yes. Holy, I don't even know if I can name ten promotions that would qualify for this. Uh, I would be shocked if they were in the top ten. Well, they are. They're number seven. Holy shit! Yeah. New Japan is probably number one, right? Nope. New Japan is in the honorable mention section. Wow. All right. Number one is all Japan. Nope. No, all Japan's not on the list. Okay. Uh, no. You, you're not gonna guess the first, the first one. Wait, hang on a minute. It is a wrestling company, correct? I. Or is, it, like, is there? Is it UFC? It's like a. Yeah. It's it's pride fighting. Pride fighting. Okay. Pride fighting that championships. Doesn't, that doesn't fucking count. No. It doesn't. Uh, but the the highest rated ranked ranked Japanese promotion is Pro Wrestling Noah in number two. Right. Ring of Honor is third. He did like, yeah, he does like Ring of Honor. Then WWE, then CMLL, then OVW, then TNA. What? Okay. What? What? OVW? Yeah. I guess. This ranks sixth. I guess so, man. OVW, uh, dude. What, is, <laughs> what are we talking about here? What? <laughs> OVW. Yeah. This isn't real. Are you fucking trolling me? No, dude, I'm not. OVW. I wish I was. Ohio Valley Wrestling. Get out of here. The developmental system of WWE <laughs> in 2003 bad. is better than fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, <laughs> what the fuck? No way. I don't know, man. I don't know. Wow. There must be a lot of uh, people that live in Louisville, Kentucky. That are voting for this in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Jim Cornette was probably probably like, every single wrestler in this fucking company needs to vote, get a subscription to the Observer and vote for our uh, little uh, company here. That's mm. hysterical to me. Yeah, good shit. Um, next up is the best weekly television show. And I'll give this one to you. You don't have to keep guessing. Monday Night. No, SmackDown. No. Uh, no. 
explosion. No. OVW. <laughs> no. Although OVW is number two. Oh my fucking god. No. What is going on? I don't know, dude. Who's number one? Uh, number one is Pro Wrestling Noah. But. Realize that was a weekly TV program, but okay. Well, yeah, really. Um, TNA came in the number six category. Or ranking, I should say. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. Uh, skipping ahead here. Um, the worked match of the year, unfortunately, TNA did not get in the top ten. However, we did have some. Best work? Worked match of the year. It versus, like, shoot fighting stuff. That's, like, what? So it's, like, wrestling. Right. This, um... Uh, Juventud Guerrera and Chris Sabin was in the honorable mentions, as well as that, uh, I believe it's the cage match, Chris Harrison, James Storm versus Daniels and Skipper. I'm almost positive it's the cage match. Yes, it is. It has. I was just checking my dates on my other thing. Uh, after that, we have the Rookie of the Year category, and we did get two spots for this. One of them half counts, really, but the number one spot is Chris Sabin by a landslide. Really? Oh, yeah, a lot. And in second place, I threw it in here because he did show up, was Zach Gowan or Tenacious Z, even though, of course, he had a bigger year in WWE. But right, I was going to say, they're definitely voting on the WWE part of it. Right, right. Uh, best non-wrestler, uh, we got the number third spot with James Mitchell, which is pretty well, big. I, okay. Well, and Don Callis got an honorable mention. I'm surprised that Mitchell would get that, but then not... Like the talker the top part. ten of the talker part, but the talkers that you mentioned are really good. So. Right. Uh, the best television announcer, we we won by a pretty decent amount as well. Number one, Mike Tenay. Hmm. That's so good for him. We we got a winner over there. Uh, the worst television announcer, unfortunately, we I don't. I, I do not agree with this. And no, we didn't win it, luckily, but. Uh, they did have Don West in the seventh spot. I think at the time, if I was watching it, I would agree with that. But watching it now, I don't think so. I think he, when he first started, was he bad? Yes. But he found his niche of being an enthusiastic like fan. Yeah, and I agree. feel like you're watching it with him. Right. And I think that makes him very endearing. And I don't think that he's as bad as maybe I thought like growing up right uh, the best major wrestling show so this is talking more of like a specific event like a pay-per-view or something right? like wrestlemania uh like i'm trying to look at like roh's second anniversary so like big shows like yeah. that right uh we came in at the sixth spot with the super x cup on august 27th hmm. so apparently that I got people paying attention. No other honorable mention shows in that one. Uh, and now I'm bringing this one in for fun. The worst major wrestling show. Any guesses, Bob? I feel like a WWA show is going to be on this. Oh, it might be. Uh, in number nine, The Reckoning. Yeah, we just watched that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, the best wrestling maneuver category. We got we got a bunch in this one. AJ Styles won with the Styles Clash in the number one spot. Okay. In the number six spot, Paul London with his Shooting Star Press. 
In the number eight spot, Elix Skipper with the Rope Walk Hurricane, Hurricane Rana. Uh, number nine was AJ Styles and Amazing Red, Hurricane Rana into the Styles Clash. That, okay, I think that's a Ring of Honor thing. They that makes sense. There. And let me tell you, the, that shit's nuts. I remember, I think they did that to like the Briscoe Brothers or something. And I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, oh, that's that nice. Uh, then in the honorable mention section, Jarrell Clark with his 630, Sanjay Dutt's Hindu Press, and Juventud Guerrera's 450. Do you want to know what I'm surprised is not on there? And I know we didn't see him a lot, but Jason Cross is Crossfire. Hmm, that's a good point. Because that is a good move. When he hits well, Maybe it. everything else he does is not great, but the, the, the Crossfire is good. Yeah. Um, the next up category is the most disgusting promotional tactic. God, are they going to be on there like five times, six times, or what? No, actually not. Oh. Uh, we, I, I'm actually really, we're only on it once, but I'm bringing up a couple more because they involve people we saw. So in the number four spot, I don't necessarily agree with this being on this category, but it's here, so I'm going to say it, is uh, WWE not acknowledging Mike Lockwood's death is apparently a disgusting promotional tactic. I don't agree with that. Wait. They they didn't acknowledge it. Didn't. So right, how is so how it, is that? It, a, how right. is that a disgusting promotional tactic? Because I don't know. Disgusting would be like over. Right. Kind of like what I don't know if it's disgusting. Like what they did with Eddie Guerrero. Like they were really trying to cap, seemingly trying to capitalize on it. Right. In uh, the number seven spot was TNA using Lex Luger. Okay. Because of the controversy. I could somewhat understand that. And then uh, in the number eight spot, once again, doesn't really affect us much, but WWE exploiting Zach Gowan. Yeah. So. Oh, I think I agree with the Luger and Gowan ones. Yeah. Uh, this next category is the reader's favorite wrestler. And we have two guys in this category. And that is... Hold on. And number six, it's Paul London. Oh. And, and number 10 is AJ Styles. Oh. Well, why not? Uh, right, next up is the worst wrestler. Who from TNA? No. Okay, there's your guess. Uh, no, in number six, it's Lex Luger. One match. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the worst tag team. Three Life Crew, baby. Yeah, number 10, Three Life Crew. And you're trying to sit there and tell me Tag Team of the Year. Okay, but I said no. I said they had to be in the the conversation. Uh, and in the number nine spot, Kevin Northcutt and Ryan Wilson, the red shirt oh. security. Yeah. Uh, next up is the worst television show. And TNA came in number five. <laughs> Wait a minute. So they were the best one at six and the worst one at five. Yeah, well... So it's the worst, so it's not good, is, is what we're getting at. Yeah, but Raw is number one, so we got that. Oh, no shit, dude. Raw was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, next up, the worst non-wrestling personality. We got a couple here as well. Uh, number four is Vince Russo. Mm-hmm. Number six is Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. And number eight is Eric Watts. I agree with Piper and Watts being on there. <laughs> Russo, I enjoy Russo, so I can't say that he's bad. 
Well, I think that's... fucking Eric Watts, dude, it should be like number one by a landslide. Right, right. And Piper's a close second. Right. Uh, we are in the worst match of the year category. We got one. Number 10, Kid Cash versus Trinity on March 28th. Mm. Okay. And after I read this, I was like, they did our girl Trinity pretty bad. They did. <laughs> it was not good. They really did. Uh, next up, worst on interviews. We got a couple in this category as well. And the number three spot is Roddy Piper. Right. Which, if you watch his video packages, you'll understand. Yeah, you know. uh, number nine is Jeff Jarrett. If you watch him talk in the ring for 20 minutes, you'll understand. And number 10, Eric Watts. Shocking. <laughs> if you heard him talk at all, you'd understand. <laughs> uh, next up is the worst promotion category. And we did get into this as well somehow nice. in the number seven spot. Nice. But we're better than New Japan, IWA Mid-South, and IWA. I would oh, hope no. that TNA is better than IWA Mid-South. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I am just saying. Good Lord. Uh, next up is the promoter of the year category. And Jeff Jarrett came in at number 10. Just super oh. exciting. Uh, in the best gimmick category, CM Punk. He's not doing the gimmick in TNA, but he's here. So CM Punk's straight edge gimmick. I know he's not doing it a ton in uh TNA, but nonetheless, he's on the list. Uh, the worst gimmick category features the red shirt security at number 10. So that's fun. Well, I mean, it's it's like a right to censor knockoff kind of feeling at this point. Yeah, it's like it's just like dumb shit. Uh, the most embarrassing wrestler category. This one, I think this is a ridiculous category. Jonah. No. Uh, Number two is Zach Gowan. Uh, number three is Teddy Hart. Number four is Roddy Piper. And, Wait, and no, it's worst worst wrestler. Most embarrassing wrestler. Oh, most embarrassing wrestler. Teddy. Oh, okay, well, Teddy Hart. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Piper's four, and then in number ten spot, I just had to bring it up for fun again. Hulk Hogan. Yep. And that ends the Observer Newsletter Awards. So. If you stuck around for the fun, let's talk about some fun stuff quick, Bob. Okay. How many... I, I can't wait anymore. I was going to save it still, but how many people do you think made their debut in NWA TNA in 2003? Well, it's a shit ton. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 46. Mm, not a bad guess, Bob. So here's, I'm going to say, before I give the number, before I say anything else, I may have missed someone. In fact, I caught someone I missed while we were just recording right now, and I wrote it down. Okay. So there's a chance I still missed people. There's also some people that technically either showed up before, never showed up, but they were advertised to be. So they took them off. That They're not in my final number. Um. There's people like uh, like Sarah Lee, for example, technically shown up before. So she doesn't – I would say it's not really her debut, but she wasn't introduced as Sarah Lee. She's not on my list. I took that out of my number. But – well, I'll say that name after. But then you have people like Abyss, who I count 
as 2003 as their debut, but technically he was wrestling in 2003, but under a different name. I would, yeah, I would say that, yeah. So we have stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that kind of have gone into that. My total number that I counted after I tried to go through every single show on WrestlingRecaps.com and at Cage is a total of 65. Son of a bitch, I was going to say like 62. Fuck. Yeah, so Bob, here's the thing. Are you That's ready? That's incredible, dude. 62. Are you That's ready? on average one person a week. Right. If not a little, a little more. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I am. You're going to say every single one? I'm going to tell you everyone. Go ahead. Mike Sanders, Larry Zabisco, The Rock and Roll Express, which is two, Nikita Koloff, Raven, Tenacious Z, J.J. Dillon, Sandman, Vader, Paul London, Disgraceland, Jonah, Juventud Guerrera, Julio De Niro, Super Crazy, D'Lo Brown, Moondog Spot, Perry Saturn, Nelson Knight, uh, Mexico's Most Wanted, which is Damien 666 and Halloween, New Jack, Mike Barton, Chris Sabin, Mike Awesome, Just Incredible, Tracy Brooks, Damien Dothar, Frankie Kazarian, Sting, Abyss, Kenzo Suzuki, Shane Douglas, Legend, Ultra Boy Luke, Delirious, Edward Chastain, Don Callis, Scott Hudson, Mad Mikey, Matt Seidel, <laughs> Corsica Joe... <laughs> It counts. Uh, Michael Shane, Danny Doring, Roadkill, Laz, Nasawa, Johnny Storm, Ted Hart, Sin, Eric Young, Vampiro, Kevin Northcutt, Ryan Wilson, Terry Taylor, Ekmo, El Fuego, Jarrell Clark, Sanjay Dutt, Jimmy Hart, Axe, Ch- Chad Collier, Lex Luger, and Andy Douglas. I think you forgot Nelson Knight, didn't you? I said that. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I said Nelson Knight. That's incredible. <laughs> did you forget that Mike Barton was here? Because I did. No, I did not. No, I knew. I, knew. I forgot. He he fought uh, Saturn, didn't he? Saturn, yeah. And Kenzo Suzuki was at the anniversary show. Um, so yeah. there's there you know there's some fun stuff. Quite the list of names. Really? That's yeah, dude. That's. And like I said, I'm sure I missed someone, but I got the I got. I would say this has got to be ninety. Nine percent accurate. The one I missed, by the way, if you couldn't tell by him being last, was Andy Douglas. Oh yeah, right. But Chase Stevens did appear before, so I can't even say the natural. Right, can't like, say, cool. can't say the natural. Yeah. He's the same name and gimmick and stuff. Now, also, uh, you know, Bob really likes tournaments. So, Bob, how many different kinds of tournaments do you think that we had in 2003? Oh, fuck. Okay, so we had the Hard 10, the Anarchy Alliance. Are we talking, like, even, like, title tournaments? Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, I'm going to say uh, we had six. That's pretty close. I got five, at least that I, I found as I was kind of going back. There was an NWA Tag Team title tournament. There was some kind of like asylum tournament. I couldn't I couldn't dive deeper on what it was. But then we had the the Anarchy Alliance tournament, the Hard Ten tournament, and then the Super X Cup is also a tournament. Yeah. Uh so <clears throat> also we had quite a bit of match stipulations. Oh, now this, God. this might sound absurd. But let me tell you some of the match stipulations we have about. We had an axe handle on a pole match, a guitar and baseball bat on a pole match, a chair on a pole first blood match, 
a 10-minute time limit managerial services match, two special referee matches, a sadistic madness match, false count anywhere match, a gaunt, many gauntlets really, but specifically yeah. gauntlet matches, no two no disqualification matches. We had some clockwork orange house of fun matches. Bob, how many of those do you think we had? Four, six. Holy shit! <laughs> we had technically two ladder matches, but one took place in a best of three series with a singles and submissions match as well. We had the anarchy in the asylum. We had. How many cage matches, Bob? One, two, three, four. Uh, at least four. I'm going to say five. Technically five with the Wednesday Bloody Wednesday cage match. Uh, we hit a lights out match, a chain match, two last man standing matches. Uh, there was two best of three series matches, one of which included that ladder and submission match. The other was just uh, three matches. There was the Raw Hides Trap match. There's a Hair vs. Hair match, a Monkhouse Brawl, a six man dog collar match, a regular dog collar match. We had the Michael Shane Triple Chance Invitational Barrel Royal, which we could actually probably consider as a tournament if you want to think about it like that, because you had to kind of work your way through it. There is the Dream Blood Gallows of Retribution match. Fans Revenge, Lumberjack Strat Match, a Nashville Street Fight, a double bull rope, and holy shit, is that a lot of stipulations that we saw this year, Bob? That's incredible. All in a year. In a year. All of those stipulations. Oh, my God. And, you know, as we, every week we talk about, is it you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? Overall, Bob, the, 2003 has been really up and down. Do you think that the majority of the shows that we liked were a thumbs up, were they thumbs down, or were they thumbs in the middle? Well, I feel like you had you would have the uh, record keepings that would show how. Oh, I, I do. I have the numbers. That's why I'm asking. Oh, okay. Oh, I um, counted. Okay, I'm gonna say that I probably. Was more average to negative, even with like the ten or so well, on row that we like. I, I have them together. So overall show. So that's not just you. Overall, or because you're okay. Overall, because you're usually pretty positive. I'm gonna say it was probably positive. Uh, yeah. So we gave twenty four shows a thumbs up. Nineteen shows were in the middle, and only six got a thumbs down. So, so it was a pretty positive year overall. And honestly, I mean, I think I got it pulled up right here too. Even, um, there was only a few times we disagreed. Uh, we disagreed on pay per view thirty seven. I gave up. You went in the middle, and pay per view forty one. I was in the middle. You went. You went straight down on me. Forty at pay per view forty eight. I was in the middle. You went down. Um, sixty seven. I gave it up. You were in the middle. And then on pay-per-view 74, I went up and you were in the middle. Besides that, we agreed on nearly every show. Now, of course, sometimes we're tilting up. We're tilting down when we're in the middle. But yeah. that average is in the middle anyways. So we agreed nearly every time, which is pretty impressive. And there was only a couple that we were like, no, God, that was trash. It was really bad. Um, I'm, I, we're, we're kind of running down here uh, toward the end of what, what we've done Um. I mean, is that 
when I when I look back, I think of I, I we didn't really talk about the the anniversary show at all, but it wasn't that great of a show. But Sting made his debut. That was like a big moment that happened. Uh, I mean, is there anything else that sticks out in your head before uh, before we start to wrap this up here, Bob? Um, I don't know, man. I feel like 2003 is a TNA in 2003. It feels like it's a it's a different company every quarter. It really does. I, uh, yeah, man, I agree with that. And I, I was thinking about it because the first quarter is really heavy on the, you know, sex Raven against Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your second quarter is really kind of like the rise of, of AJ and his eventual winning of the championship against Jarrett. Right. And then the third is AJ's run as champion. And then like Raven and Douglas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the final part is the final quarter is really Jarrett and his like dominance and kind of relying on Stings and Lex Lugers and guys of that nature. Right, right. So it's just kind of crazy that there's like there there's a consistency, but it's like a three months of consistent, and then just completely switches. Right now, the way you laid that out there, I really I actually kind of like it. Like it's it's like it creates a, you know more chaos as you're watching through, but to you you can see that progression throughout the year, yeah. um, and I do think that this year they. That's one thing that they did decently is they learned like, oh, we should probably like build to something, at least most of the time, not well, all the time. And you even note in the Observer, they were like, maybe we should have three or four weeks where we build up, and that fourth or fifth show is the one where a lot of people will buy. Right, and, and there's other times that they rush things, such as America's Most Wanted versus Three Life Crew. I mean, that just happened, and I think that's a match they really could have built toward. Right. No. Uh, I- so, I don't know, man. Uh, 2003 has been a wild ride. Uh, you and I have recorded over 120 hours of 2003 podcasting. And uh, that doesn't include the two bonus episodes that we did this year. So, 2004 is going to be a lot of fun. And that number is only going to go up when we hit that impact zone. Can't wait. But I'm really, really looking forward to 2004. Uh, I've mentioned it before, and I mentioned it in the beginning of 2003. I haven't seen a lot. And the stuff I thought was 2004 just happened in 2003. So 2004 is going to be a fucking wild ride for me. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know what to expect, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm sure I've seen some things here and there, and I'm sure I'll notice those as it happens. But... 2003 was a really fun year, and I think there was a lot of moments that uh, are, are iconic in the history of TNA, of Impact Wrestling. So it was great to relive that all with you, Bob. It's been a lot of fun. Well, yeah, it it has been fun. I know I joke around and say, like, TNA sucks or whatever, but it is, it's fun uh, 
it's a fun train wreck when it's bad, but then it's also like, hey, this is actually good wrestling when it's when it's good. Uh, 2014, a uh, most of it is rather, I guess, fresh in my brain because uh, it's been documented here that I had to burn through uh, like what six months worth of a lot <laughs> the weekly pay per views to make sure I writ- I wrote them uh, wrote the reviews before we watched them because if I watched them without having writing them, I probably never would have written them. Uh, so that stuff is relatively fresh in my brain. However, uh, I'm really looking forward to Dallas's reaction to some of the stuff. And, uh, and I think it's important for me to note here that on the podcast, uh, I am usually talking as if this is the first time I'm seeing it, like how I'd be reacting to it. So everybody knowing that I've recently watched these shows, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to insult your intelligence, that (laughs) Bob knows what's going on or what is going to happen. Uh, I'm going to be presenting it as if I don't like what would I have done or what makes the most, you know what I mean? Well, well, I I agree. And I think there's some stuff I I do it too, to a degree. Um, And my, my view on this is, why are we going to start the show if you already know what happens? My description of the podcast doesn't say, oh, Raven got scalped and the title switched. No. Right. If you're listening, I either assume that you have not watched the show or you don't really remember it. So I'm not going to spoil it um, before it happens. I, I think that kind of ruins the fun. I don't think that's what we're about. And there's other uh, podcasts out there that do give i mean they tell you what's on the show which i totally understand but if there's a big shot like um i'll just use it as an example uh like when nikita call off unmasked i'm not i I don't want to spoil that that's like part of the fun especially if it's something like that where i am seeing it for the first time you want my real reaction you're going to get that and um we you know we hint around stuff that we've seen before we knew Raven was losing his hair, but we're just gonna we're gonna call the match, and that's why we're calling the match as it's happening. Could the, is he gonna lose his hair? What, and then we'll talk about our ideas of like, well, should he? Should he be losing this match? Yeah. So I think I think we handle it very well, but uh, I think it was well said, Bob. Definitely not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. No, and, and, I, and I think it's just an easier listen because like if you know, for instance, that show that you're talking about. Let's say you know I do five, four, three, two, one, uh, play, and it's like can't wait to see Raven get his head shaved. Right. <laughs> What's the fucking point? Like, what is like? Okay, cool. We already know. Right. I don't mind like hinting, like, oh, this might be a big one. Really been looking forward to this show. Right. Right. So, yeah. And then again, and like I've listened to podcasts. It's just easier. And like with my written reviews, like I write them up as if I don't know what's progressively going to be happening. Because when you're reading it, why would I tell you like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, Jeff Jarrett wins wins next week. It, right. No, it doesn't make any sense. So right. we don't. Um, yeah, uh, we absolutely. Try not to do that. Obviously, we've mentioned you know impact zone and stuff like that, so we know that's happening. But yeah, not, like well, angles and results. And stuff. Yeah, we can't be completely dumb about it. But, right. <laughs> but no, I think I think it all makes sense, and I hope that everyone has been enjoying the show along with us. And if you have, as I say every week, or if you're new and you haven't heard me say it, follow us on Twitter. 
at cross the line TNA. We post a lot of shit on Twitter, a lot of shit on Twitter. Uh, so if you love TNA wrestling, you're going to love our page. And sometimes I even do live live tweeting during current Impact Wrestling, uh, Impact Plus events or pay-per-views. So we are very, very active on our Twitter page. You can also like us on Facebook at TNA Cross the Line Pod, or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where our podcasts are posted. Easy access. Uh, at, you can just type in TNA Cross the Line Podcast. And please, whatever you do, leave us a review. Let us know how you heard about the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Let us know what you like about it. Uh, if you're new, Bob, Bob doesn't really like negativity, so try try to be nice. Put us down nice if there's something you don't like. But please let us know what you think about the show. Uh, and you know, like I said, leave us a review. We'd be happy to read them on air even and um, talk about it. Especially if you uh, were like, yeah, Bob. Um, Bob was really mean to Dallas that week. And, you know, we'll talk about that. People love me. Well, they do. So. I've got, I've got, Jordan wants to name his kid after me, so. That's a gimmick. He's gimmicking you. I think that's for, I think that's for real. I hope he has a daughter named her uh, Roberta. That, that would actually be really funny. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps up the 2003 saga of NWA TNA. Uh, as Dallas has mentioned, so. we return next week, and I believe the main match is, in fact, Ultimate X 2. That's that's the big draw, man. I don't know if we know anything else, and um, I don't know if I care. I'm ready for Ultimate X 2, so I, yeah, it doesn't matter to X, me. I think Ultimate X 2 is enough of a draw to kind of lure you in. So we will continue next week. Ultimate X, I'm sure the power struggle between Don Callis and Eric Watts will continue. Who will challenge the NWA world champion, Jeff Jarrett, as we enter 2004? Because quite frankly, he technically doesn't have any challengers. How long will that last? Who knows? Who will join Jeff Jarrett and Don Callis? Because as they've said, remember, if you're not with us, you're against us. And Kid Cash, by God, he was the first one to jump to be with him. There's a lot of questions. We'll get the answers. And they will start next week with the January 7th, 2004 NWA TNA Weekly Pay-Per-View. We're looking forward to it. And we hope you are as well. Until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Collins Jr. And this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast.